Genesis chapter 1. Would you take your Bibles there? Aren't you glad God gave us the book of Genesis? The beginning of all things that tells us how God started the human race with Adam and Eve and how he started the Hebrew race with Abraham and Sarah. And uh, it's a great book of the Bible. And boy, there's a, even a program called Answers in Genesis. And just uh, so many things that happen in those 50 chapters of God's Word. Most of them are devoted to Joseph, believe it or not. God really just gives about, a, uh, about two chapters to creation. He does chapter 1 really for all of creation. Then chapter 2, he recaps a few things that happened on day number 6 and the seventh day. The third day talks about the fall. There's kind of four things that began. First of all, the creation was the first main point. The fall is the next main point. And uh, then we find that uh, the fall of man, uh, and then the flood is the, four, is the third main thing that happens, and that happens 6 and 7 of Genesis. And then we have the dispersion the Tower of Babel, where people were spread out in different locations. So those four things kind of uh, really occupy the first few, ch few chapters of God's Word. But uh, I want tonight, in 2017, I shared this principle with you, but I feel like it's very appropriate for this evening, not only because of our graduation, but also because of the beauty and the wisdom of God when it comes to creation. Let's look at verse number one, can we please? And you read it out loud with me. Are you ready? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse number two says, and the earth was without form. That means it was not round necessarily. It was, it was a blob of water and it was void, empty, and dark. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the Lord God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and the light divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. So basically, on day number one, God made the heavens and the earth, but in its original form, it was without shape, it was empty, and it was dark. Then two things happened. God's Spirit moved upon the face of that formless blob of water. Number two, God's word spoke and said, let there be light. And he shined light in the darkness that was on the world as it was. And that's all God did on day number one. He just turned the light on. He made the world and he turned the light on the world. Day number two, let's see what the Bible says he did. Look at verse number, uh, verse number six. And God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment. And it was so. And God called the ferment heaven, and the eve and the morning were the first or the second day. On the second day, God took the blob of water that was there. It was now lit up by day number one but it was still seeming to be uh, without form. And he took some of the water that was there and put it in the heavens. And some of it, he kept it on the earth and kept it there. And he put some of the waters in heaven. I think we had uh, uh, one of our explanations this last weekend. He put a, a band maybe around the earth that emptied out. It was there for maybe 15 to 1600 years. And then on the flood, waters came from beneath 
And then waters came from above, and probably that emptied out, and that explains why. Of course, during that time where that band was there, we were told that the oxygen intake is 34% uh, oxygen intake during that time, and now it's, a, what is it, 14% or whatever. But people grew longer, taller, and they grew, they grew bigger, and everything was big. Everything was bigger. They the had plenty of oxygen for the small lungs of the, of the uh, dinosaurs and all of that stuff. And so God put distance between the world where he would live in heaven and the world that we live here on earth. And that's all God did on day number two. He just separated the waters from the waters and made space, or the Bible term is firmament, distance between this world and his world. So day number one, God said, let there be light. Day number two, God said, let's divide the waters from waters. Day number three, God caused dry land to come up off of the waters. He put all the waters in one place. It wasn't divided like it is in the earth today. Like you look on a map, it was all the ground, all the dry ground was in one place and all the water was around it. And on the dry ground, God put um, vegetation. Every plant that you would know, he put it on day uh, number three. And then inside of every vegetation, he put a seed so it could reproduce after its kind. So in the peach, you have a peach seed. Uh, sunflowers have lots of, of seeds. Watermelons have seeds. Strawberries have seeds on the outside. Every uh, flower, every plant has a seed, so you could take it and reproduce after that kind. And that's all God did on day number three. Day number one, he turned the light on. Day number two, he created distance and firmament, separating the waters from the waters. Day number three, he caused the dry ground to appear and put vegetation on the planet and then put a seed inside of each one of those. On day number four, if we continue in our scriptures, we can read this, but for sake of time, I'm going to kind of just explain it to you. If I can, I hope you'll read the whole chapter. There's 31 verses, and it's great. But day number four, God did, he put the sun in the, in the, in the, to rule the day, and he put the moon to rule the night, and then he made the stars also, trillions of stars and millions of galaxies. It's, what, what is out there, it, just, it blows the mind. But it's just interesting, God said, he made the sun to rule the day, made the moon to rule the night, made the stars also. Boom, 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 put those out there. And God put that together on day number, four, day number four. Now, there are some people that believe that there's a, every day is a day age to like a thousand years every day. Well, that would be a little bit of a problem if you made the plant life and waited a thousand years to make the sun, moon, the stars for, for photosynthesis and so forth and so on. So we do not believe there are a thousand year days. We believe the air is 24 hours, an evening and the morning were the first day, second day. Third day, fourth day. And of course, what a sun does, it services the planet. It gives us direction. If you're lost, you know that the sun rises in the east, sets in the west. At night, you can know the moon. It does the same thing. Uh, when it's on this side, uh, when we're in the dark, the moon is up there. The north star gives you some direction. It gives us uh, not only direction, it gives us warmth. It, it helps us. And uh, it services the planet. Day number five, God made the fish that swim and the birds that fly. The two things that human beings, no matter how talented you are, you cannot do without help. You can't live underwater without help, and you can't fly without help. You have to have some help to do that. But those are two things God specifically made on day number five, the birds and uh, the fish that fill the ocean. And that's what God did on day number five. On day number six, 
The Bible says that God made the animal kingdom. He made every creeping thing, and uh, he made, that's where he made all the animals that are not birds or fish. He made on day number six. Notice in verse number 26, though, he also made something else on day number six. And let's look at it real quickly, if you would please, and read it out loud with me. Are you ready? Verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created his, he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So on day number six, when he made the animal, then he made man in his image, in his likeness. And it's interesting that God shows he is, he is one God in three persons, just like you and I are made with that. He said, let us make man. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three of them are on the first Two verses, three verses of your Bible. In the beginning, God, the Father, created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And the Lord God spoke or said, who is the Word of God? Jesus. Sure. And then on day number seven, after he made man and he made woman, then day number seven in chapter two, verse number one, he rested from all of his labors that he had done that week. Not because he was tired, but as an example for you and I. I want you to understand, let's just review real quickly. Day number one, he said, let there be light. Day number two, let's divide the waters from the waters and create firmament or a distance between where God lives in the heavens and where we live on the earth. Day number three, let's put the waters in one place and the dry ground in another place. And let's put vegetation and put a seed in every, uh, in every, in every plant so it can reproduce after its kind. That's day number three. Day number four, let us make the sun and what else? The moon and also the stars. There are all the galaxies there that service the planet. Day number five, let's make the fish that swim and the birds that fly. Then day number six, make the animal kingdom and then let's make man in our image. Of course, that, is, uh, that was God's, God's plan going forward. But, you know, I think about this particular principle. I want to give it to you quickly but I, I see a great parallel between the days of creation and you and me. Have you ever heard anyone say, well, we're all God's children? Everybody's God's children. You ever heard anyone say that? Is that true or false? That's false. Uh, we're not all God's children. To be God's child, you must be born into his family, right? That's why Jesus said you must be born again. So, however, are we all created by God? Yes, we're all creatures. That's why the Bible says, I want you to preach the gospel to every creature. I want every created being, human being, to hear the gospel. Now, we find here in verse 26 that, Jesus, that God said, let us make man in our image. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new created one. He's got a new creation. When you get saved, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become 
new. So with that in mind this evening, let's just make a parallel. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28, a great verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And then the Bible goes on to say in verse 29, to whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate that they would become conformed to the image of his son. The Bible tells in Ephesians chapter 4, one of the reasons that God gave us pastors and teachers and evangelists is so that we would, be, we would grow to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I believe with all of my heart that God is in a pursuit to get you and me to be made in the image of Jesus. He wants us to think like Christ He wants us to give like Christ. He wants us to forgive like Christ. He wants us to love like Christ. This is his goal in this lifetime. Now, his greater goal is to spend eternity with his creation, you and me, who he has saved. That's what he's looking forward to. And and we're looking forward to it as well, except for those who get married soon. They're not looking forward to it. But... We, we want to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what his goal is for us. But there's a process. And it's the same way that you and I, uh, how he created the world, I think there's a great parallel to what happened to us. Now notice, when God made the heavens and earth on day number one, it says very clearly, the earth was without form. It was empty, void, and it was dark. You know what that describes? That describes me before Jesus. We're created by God, but in our natural state, we're empty. We do not understand the purpose of life. And we we, uh, are in darkness. Apostle Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But the, the vision, the heavenly vision, is to turn people from darkness to light. You know, that's where I was before I met Jesus. That's where you were before you met Jesus. You're created by God, but the light's not on. But guess what happens on day number one? Two things happen. The Spirit of God begins to work on the face of our soul. And number two, someone teaches us the Bible. God's Word speaks to us, and the Holy Spirit convicts us. And you know what the combination of both of those does? It turns the light of salvation on inside of us. How many remember when God's conviction brought to you and you heard God's word and you got saved? If you you don't remember that, it's probably because you weren't there, okay? And you need to have that happen to you. I will never forget how I felt as a young man sitting in a section. There were just two sections in that church, and I was sitting in this section. And I uh, I felt like God was squeezing my heart out of my eyeballs. I was miserable. And I could not wait for that service to get over and get out of there because I did not like the way the Spirit of God was moving on me. And you know why he was moving on me? Because the Word of God was being preached to me. And the Word of God and the Spirit of God brought conviction and the light came on. Later that night, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Day number one is a day of salvation. Day Day number two is a day of separation. Day number two is when God begins to to create distance between the way this world lives and the way he wants to live. What's the Bible say in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1? Set your affections on things above, not on things on the 
James and John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. So it's very important if you're going to get to a place, and I'm going to get to a place where God wants me to be like Jesus, number one, I got to be saved. The light has to come on. Number two, I need to have uh, on purpose separation. You can't lay with dogs without getting fleas. First um, Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three: Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Very clear. Uh, God wants me to be very distinctively different from this world system. He wants me to create distance in my life. Uh, maybe you remember in Proverbs chapter 13, verse number one, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. You know, you know before you're going to ever be a wise person, you're going to have to separate from fools. He that walketh with wise men shall be, but a companion of fools shall be. Yeah. What God's saying there, you can't, John, run with a bunch of fools. You can't run with, uh, with, with buzzards and fly with eagles. You, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to cha- change your philosophy. You've got to do that. And that's what day number two is. Let's separate the waters from the waters. So day number one is a day of salvation. Day number two is a day of separation. Day number three, he begins to grow things on dry ground, and he puts a seed in every one of those plants so that they can reproduce themselves. I think day number three represents spiritual growth and soul winning. The fruit of a Christian is another Christian. I want to have a soul winning church. I want to be a soul winning pastor. I want you to be a soul winning people because I know that is the heart of God. And people that soul win and get the gospel out uh, are doing the will of God. This is the will of God. If you're just watching the world go by, you're not interested in soul winning. The tracks that we make available, they're not interesting to you. You're not thinking of somebody. You need to get a checkup from the neck up. And you realize you're supposed to be a soul winner. God put a seed inside you. Does he want you to keep it there? No, he wants you to reproduce yourself. He wants me to reproduce myself. He wants me to spiritually grow in the Lord. I think day number three is a type of spiritual growth and soul winning. Can I tell you a secret? There is a day between spiritual growth and salvation. What was that day again? Separation. You can't leapfrog day number two and automatically grow effectively and reach others for Christ effectively if you're not willing to do number two. You know, the Bible says, add to your, in 2 Peter chapter 1, add to your faith virtue, and then to virtue, knowledge. It's very interesting there. Faith is talking about salvation, I believe. When you get saved, add to your faith purity, virtue, separation. And then to separation and purity, add knowledge. And then it goes on to several other things we're supposed to add to our life. But you can't leap from virtue. Listen, you can't live pure on a diet of immoral activity. You can't live pure in a diet of wrong music and wrong video watching and wrong social media. You're going to have to separate from something if you're going to be the spiritual growing Christian you ought to be and the soul winner you want to be. 
and you're going to grow in the Lord. And by the way, we ought to grow. We ought to grow in our giving. We ought to grow in our Bible knowledge. Second Peter chapter 3 says, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So day number one is a day of, help me real quickly. If you, are, you, are you with me? Day number one is a day of, day number two is a day of, day number three is a day of spiritual growth and soul winning. Day number four is a, is a day of service. Now, every church needs every member to be a minister. Every saint to be a servant. Dangerous is the Christian who just goes to church just to be there and to take in. God made you. If you just eat and you don't exercise, you're going to look like me. Linda says, John, you don't eat that much. You just got to exercise. You got to go run around the block, do something because... It's okay, you know, if exercise taking in and working out is very important. And God wants you and I to service the church family. Listen, after a while, everyone needs to observe and learn. And then you need to serve and participate. And then you need to lead and love, lovingly lead others. If, you, if you're still, if you've been saved 25 years and all you are is watching, observing, and learning, you need to grow up. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 7. Let's go on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, come on, ha- let's, get go- let's get going. Let's start, let's start participating. Let's start loving and leading. Some of you men need to be a gen- need to be a need to be a um, an usher. Some of you, some of you precious girls need to get in the nursery. So, Pastor, I just like being in the services. So does everybody. We like to be in here without the babies. So somebody's got to do that. Some of us who ought to get a CDL. So congratulate Tim Warren. Got a CDL this morning. We're so glad for that. Another bus driver in our ministry, and we're glad for that. Some of us need to do that. Some of you who have CDLs need to drive and, and say, you know what? I can, I can help with that. Some of us need to start a bus route. Maybe right here in northwest Indiana. Some folks say, you know what? I, I've, been, I've been watching the world go by. I need to do that. Some of us need to work in the better rotary home. Someone needs to be a meal to the mission. Someone needs to do something. Listen, all of us have a job to do. And I don't, I'm not here to browbeat anybody, but you want to provide st- stability for seasons. You want to provide ministry, direction for those who are coming. If you're not discipling someone, you've been saved for a while, you probably need to provide direction to somebody. You need to provide warmth to the church family. When someone comes in here, you're not here just to sit, soak, and sour. You're here to find someone to encourage. Not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but so much the more exhorting one another. Helping other people. So I think day number four is a day of service. It's a day when we get involved. We don't just watch the world go by. We, we do something. So day number one, a day of? Day number two? Day number three, spiritual growth and? Day number four? Service. Day number five is the, is the fish that swim and the birds that fly. The two things, once again, that human beings cannot do. I fly almost every month somewhere, but never with these arms right here. I've never lived under the water, and I couldn't unless I had the help of a submarine. I can't fly unless I have a glider, I have an airplane, I have help. And I think this talks about supernatural grace that God gives you to do things that are over your ability to do. 
Whenever God gives you a chance to win someone to Christ, to preach a message, to give an unbelievable. I had a man tell me this, this, this month, he said, Pastor, last month I gave the largest gift in my 40 years of being a Christian that I've ever given. And I'm so thankful. You know what? how he could do that? Supernatural grace. God helped him. God helped him do that. It's when God reaches down and lets you do something that only he could let you do. You're not doing it by yourself. No, he's helping you. And they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up as eagles. And they'll, they'll fly above the problems. They'll, they'll be able to go through the deep waters of life with gills that only God could supernaturally give you. You can lose a loved one. You can have a rejection. You can have a financial reversal. You can go through a difficult time. I can do all things through which strengtheneth me. That's day number, number five. It's when it's obvious that God helped you. Help you beat an addiction. I, I have uh, friends that I just thought to myself, I don't think they're ever going to get clean. And now they're clean and holy and helpful, and they're all in. And you know why? And I asked them, hey, how'd you do it? God. God's grace. Talked to men and said, man, my mind was so perverted. I had seen pornography as I was a little boy. I never thought I'd ever have a clean mind. And God gave him a clean mind. You know what that is? That's God's supernatural grace. I've met beautiful ladies who have been abused as children. And now they're beautiful wives and mothers. And no one would ever know. No one would ever know. Because God's supernatural grace came in and helped them with that. I think of Miss... Um, Mrs. Sloan, I can't remember her first name, Jolene Sloan, had a very difficult situation. But now that girl's been a missionary wife and served the Lord. She's one of the sweetest lady speakers. God used her in a wonderful way. It's the grace of God. And then day number six is when we are formed to the stature of the image of Christ. Whenever God looks at you, ma'am, and looks at you, sir, they say, you know, those people act just like Jesus. They've got the love of Christ. They forgive like Jesus. They give like Jesus. They serve like Jesus. They got an attitude like Jesus. And this is where God wants us to live. I was listening to a message last night from Brother Hiles, and he was talking in Isaiah 49 about how that some people are, are so far from living the Christian life, they're going to have shock treatment in heaven for many years. But there's some people that their life right now if they died right now and they go into the presence of the Lord, it's going to be a very smooth transition because they have made the transitions from salvation to separation to spiritual growth and winning others to Christ and being influential and in people getting saved, serving the body of believers, experiencing God's supernatural grace. By the way, he gives grace to the humble. Be careful. Pride hides. I got it in me and you got it in you. But he gives grace. He doesn't give grace to everybody. He's not just, just throw it out to everybody like candy at a parade. He gives grace specifically to those who are humble. I'm telling you what, I do not want to live in a pride-filled life. I've done it before, and I don't like it. I want to have a life that only God could explain. And then I want to be conformed. And then I'm looking forward to spending eternity with God and the Sabbath rest. Aren't you glad that there's such a parallel? Too glad that God in his wisdom not only created the world, but he created you 
and he has a plan for your life, just like he had a plan for creation. Let's pray together, can we? With our heads bowed and eyes closed, we're getting ready to leave tonight, but I want to just say to you, where are you tonight? Was there anybody here that say, Pastor, I've really never had the light come on. I'm not sure I'm saved. If that's you, would you please, would you please let someone show you how to be saved? Don't go to hell from here. Don't go to hell over pride or procrastination. Is there any of you that would say, boy, I need to get separated. There are stuff, there's stuff on my phone that should not be there. There is stuff I'm watching that I should not watch. There's little, little things on YouTube are really messing with me. I got to separate from that. I've got a bad friend. I've got a bad activity. I've got a bad place I go after work. It's not helpful for me. I'm going to separate from that. I'm going to spiritually grow. Lord, I'm, I'm going to be passionate and burdened about leading others to Christ. I want to find a way to serve the Lord. I want to experience God's supernatural grace. I want to be conformed to the image of his son. Why don't you ask God to help you, would you?